Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. Boy, man, I, I'm going to tell you all something. I, if it wasn't so hot in here, I think we would have played two more songs. Amen? Woo! Boy, it's a fantastic day. It's a fantastic day. Uh, welcome to Christ South. Good to see you all this morning. We just are coming off of uh, the South Bend Retreat. Men! Woo! Woo! It was a good retreat. It was a good retreat. Right, men? Yeah. We want to invite all you guys to think about that next time you got a chance to go. Uh, we do the South Bend. And the ladies, where are the ladies? They had a good time getting together, too. There's all kinds of cool things going on in this church. We hope you'll try to be a part of it. Let us know. Say, hey, man, I want to come to those things. We'll make sure you know what's going on. That's some great fellowship um, here. Uh, a couple of things we want to let you know about we got coming up. Next weekend's a really big weekend because we got this new land. Amen. Amen. And we're going to take some time to go out and clean it up, all right? So the address is there. If you want to take out your phone, take a picture of it so that you can put it in your GPS later. Bring the whole family out. We'll just be cleaning up that day. I don't know. We'll figure out some kind of food. Maybe we'll order pizzas or something. Um, but we're going to clean up our new land so it's ready to roll. So we'll be going into doing some hard projects, some difficult projects, and then we'll do some nice and easy projects where we'll just be kind of cleaning up. Because two weeks after that, we've got our Easter egg hunt on the 20th out of the land from 2 to 4. It was too late, Mark. You had to go faster, Mark. I'm sorry about that, man. He got his phone up and then it disappeared on him. Sorry about that. Saturday, April the 20th from 2 to 4 uh, is uh, helicopter craziness. Uh, the word on the street is that there's going to be a lot of people there. So uh, come and be a part of that. We need some volunteers to help. If you're interested in helping with that, where's French? Is French somewhere close by? Somewhere around? All right, so Kevin, will you raise your hand? There's Kevin. If you're interested in helping out, let Kevin know, and Kevin will connect you with uh, French. Fair enough? All right, good enough. That's how, we, that's how we do it, man. It's mission development, right? Next man up or woman up, all right? Uh, then we've got an opportunity for you guys, if you're interested, to support um, uh, the Easter egg hunt. We actually have had a number of donors that have like, jumped in already. And the bouncy houses are crossed off the list. We have a sponsor for taking over the entire bouncy house thing. So that's awesome. Amen. So if you want to do any of those, they're, they're, they're a few hundred dollars each. If you want to just say, man, I'm going to give 50 bucks to help with that stuff, you can totally do that. Just write Easter egg hunt stuff on your check or let me know and I'll, uh, and I'll make sure. Or Easter egg hunt support uh, would be a great thing to put there. All right, is that it? Are we good? Are we good? All right. Good morning, church. Morning. I got a chance last week to do a, a little spring cleaning. Did you notice the weather changed a little bit? It changed a lot of bit in this gym. Whew. If you don't have a fan, you're welcome to just come up and stand where Ashley does. Ashley's got a beautiful fan, so his hair blows when he plays the guitar. <laughs> stand right there if you need to. We got one, too, on our side. It's just worth it. It's worth it. I got to do a little spring cleaning. It's that time of year where I got to go in, and I just got to sort of, like, the, the, the garage has just taken a beating, you know? But it's too cold to go and mess around in the garage. Like, I don't want to go out there and deal with all that stuff. When I get a chance to during the spring, the weather's nice, I can go in, I can start cleaning things out. Well, right out my back porch, right? There's this beautiful sort of like, like open area of yard, but there was this one tree that sat like right in the middle of it. So whenever I went outside, whenever I went outside to go see my beautiful yard, I had to kind of like move around this tree, but something changed on me this last week in that I noticed that it's starting to lean towards the house. So I was getting a little worried about it. I decided I needed some exercise, so I got my ax. I have a great picture. This is me. Uh. <laughs> out there with my axe, 
and I started chopping the tree down. I was able to get the tree down. It was awesome. It didn't fall on my house. It almost fell on my house. But it was one of those things where I had to get to the one side, get to the other side. And then the tree was kind of like, it started doing this thing right here. But this other giant tree was up top, and it kind of held it back. And I was like, thank you, Lord, for that tree. And then I went, and like a, I was like a, a titan. I got up under it, and I went, yeah. And I pushed it over in the backyard. And then I just stood over it and talked smack for like five minutes. It was awesome. But right next to it was this really, really, really ugly tree. It was a really, really ugly tree. It was like the nastiest looking cedar tree I've ever seen in my life. And I looked at it for, for like a couple years now, and I just thought, man, that's an ugly cedar tree. But, you know, and cedars are supposed to be so pretty, right? I mean, they, 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 they smell good, and they have all these, you know, wonderful, like, evergreen. Just, it's a beautiful tree, but this one was so nasty looking. It looked so junky. The more I looked at it, Decided I would go down and sort of see about, maybe I'll just take out all of those trees too, you know, because I'm a man, and that's what I do. Right, men? Yeah. So I was going to go out, and I was going to take care of these other trees, and going to go ahead and take them out. And the closer I got to it, I actually realized there was a vine wrapped up in this tree. That is the actual vine, too, completely, just like the first picture, that's the exact same vine that was in the tree. It looked just like that. It was all up in the tree, so much so that I couldn't tell where the tree began and the vine ended. It was just so entwined, so entangled, so much so that it just looked like a really ugly cedar tree. So I decided I was going to be just like my neighbor Tom, who has arms like tree trunks, man. I wanted to be like Tom, go out there. Every time I see Tom in his yard, he's always doing all this stuff, and he's like this big man. He just does all this stuff. I'm going to be Tom. Can we go back to the first picture? That's Tom right there. <laughs> I wanted to go out and I was going to take these trees out. And I looked and I was like, the only way that I could get this vine out was just you got to cut it off at the bottom and then you got to do what? You just got to pull, right? So I'm like, easy enough. I'll go out there and I'll start pulling. Well, as soon as I start pulling, I realize that all three of the trees are moving, right? So this vine has gotten up into that tree, and it's up in the tree, and it's wrapped around, and then it went over to this tree, wrapped around that tree, then went back over to this tree, wrapped around this tree, and then went to the other tree next to it, and it was so entwined, so entangled, that I, I was pulling with everything that I had. And I realized I got a little angry, I got a little hot, a little hot on the collar. We're talking about anger. Talking about, I got a little angry, but I was able to just sort of keep myself together, get my patience level, and then call Tom to come fix it. <laughs> I had to take a break at one point. I had to just stop. I had to, I had to be patient in the midst of that pulling, so deeply in there. But eventually, I'd pull, and then i had to go in another direction and pull in that direction. Then I had to go in another direction and keep pulling to try to get it out of all the trees. And once I got it out of those three trees, I realized what a beautiful set of trees they were. See, here's the thing. I knew about this vine for a couple years. I mean, I'd seen it in the tree, but I just let it keep going. I let it keep growing and growing and growing, and it got deeper in there and more entangled and more entwined. And not only did it take over the one tree that it started on, but it took over all the other trees around it. This week, we're doing a sermon series. We're doing a sermon series called Pits and Piles. And we're talking about those places, those mountains, and those valleys in our lives where we kind of dig ourselves down into and God constantly trying to pull us up and set us on top of that pile so we can see more clearly what's all around us. But this sermon series takes a turn this week. 
See, the first three weeks of it were really about us, like as people, and how kind of things that we were dealing with spiritually. This one, it takes a turn, and for the next two weeks, we're going to be talking about how it turns out, how we deal with the community around us. How many of you have ever been mad at somebody? Raise your hand. Say, me. I'm going to hang out with the three of you that said not. So you never been mad at anybody. That's the people I need to be around. I wonder if I could use scripture. I thought about this. I'm a, I'm a pastor, right? I, it bothers me that y'all don't know that. <laughs> I, I'm a pastor, so, so I should use scripture whenever I'm angry, right? I should be thinking about scripture whenever I'm angry. So I thought, first one, I looked in Exodus 21, 23 to 25, says I take an eye for an eye. Sound good? Also an actual picture of me. That's definitely Wolverine. Or I can use Psalm 23, which is a great, absolutely great one, which says that God's going to make a table for me in front of my enemies. So as that God passes me and about takes me out on the way to the men's retreat on his motorcycle, that means in front of my enemy that almost took me out on the interstate, God's going to set a table. I like that one too. Eye for an eye. Set a table in front of my enemies. Now I'm starting to feel good. I'm starting to feel like I'm the one in control. I'm starting to really dive into this anger thing. Oh, and then there's Matthew 5, which says... Turn the other cheek. Well, see, that one's often misinterpreted because it doesn't just mean that you're wimping out. It means that you show those who hit you that you have the Lord within you and you can take it on the other cheek too because they can't take anything away from you, right? So now I'm not eye for an eye. I'm going to set a table in front of my enemies. You can hit me here. You can hit me here. And I'm still going to come get you, right? And I'm feeling it. And I'm going through it. And then I come to the best of all of them. And it says this in Deuteronomy 32, 35. Are we ready? Read it with me. I will take revenge. I will pay them back. In due time, their feet will slip. Their day of disaster will arrive, and their destiny will overtake them. And everybody in here said, ooh, yeah. Or maybe even Psalm 137, verse 9, where the psalmist was dealing with some severe pain and loss and calls for the destruction of their enemy's children. It's a tough piece of scripture. See, all this cuts to the beauty of scripture. The beauty of scripture. Because the way it's put together is not just like some like beautiful, haughty thing that you can't touch, that you can't access. It's real. It's tangible. It's our story. It's our life. There's frustration in scripture. There's all of these emotions that we deal with in scripture. It's a story of joy and pain. But Jesus gave us a clear plan of how to deal with one another. How do we deal with dissension and division in our relationships? And it comes to us in Matthew 18. If your brother or sister sins against you, go and point out their fault, just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you've won them over. That's good so far. I can handle that. All right. I can do some confrontation. Be okay. But if they won't listen... Take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. All right, sounds good. All right, I'm good so far. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to even listen to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything that they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. 
For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I with them. This is the word of the Lord to which we say, thanks be to God. Now, I don't often do this, but, but this is one of those scriptures that you can really walk through one part at a time, right? You can start in one place, you can kind of go through. Like, Jesus doesn't do this a whole lot, but I think it's actually really helpful. In a relationship, this is how you deal with dissension. First step is one-to-one, private, right? I don't know why it is, but like when one of, maybe y'all that have kids, is this the same thing in y'all's house? That when one kid's in trouble, all the other kids like show up when they're getting in trouble, and they're like, oh, sneak their heads. Is that just me, or is that a real thing? Is it a real thing? Yeah, that's a real thing. So we want to do that in private. Public humiliation never works. Amen? Social media is like the opposite of this. You see a lot of this stuff on social media where somebody's mad at somebody else and they'll just publicly shame them. This is not Matthew 18. Or they'll bring, they'll come to you. Have anybody ever had this happen when they come to you and they're saying, so a lot of people are saying this, right? They're really mad at you about this one thing. But it's not really that. It's not really a bunch of other people. It's just the one person. But they brought to bring all these other people. This is not Matthew 18. Jesus calls us to respect one another, even in conflict. Everybody good so far? Say I'm good. Okay, now if that step doesn't work, step two is about bringing an impartial person into the conversation. It's not just about you taking it and trying to triangulate a problem. It's about bringing somebody else in so that you could say, all right, so Ryan and I, we got some beef, all right? We're frustrated at one another. We cannot find a place to agree with one another. But then we bring Sam in, who's impartial, who doesn't like Ryan any more than she likes me, right? And then we have this conversation together that Sam says, well... Maybe, Matt, maybe you're wrong about this. Or maybe, Ryan, you're wrong about this. So we bring relationship into it. It's not just you off in a bubble trying to figure it out if you can't sort through it. That's step two. Step three, if it doesn't work there, is that community always builds and grows community. And Jesus calls the church to come together, which is a really interesting thing. We can talk about this at another time, but all my biblical scholars that are here today, that Jesus would say the church would have been a really weird thing, right? Because this was the beginning of the church. So it's probably a later addition that they said to the church. He may have said the community. That'd be another one for a fun time later on. Jeff, let's get on that one. You and I can figure it out. Sound fun? All right, sounds good. But then you would come to the church. And step four, if that doesn't work, treat him as a pagan or a tax collector. Now, what do you think that means? Anybody got any ideas? Anybody pay their taxes already this year? Anybody feeling the, the crunch on not wanting to do it because you know what it's going to be this year? Somebody say amen. I'm a little bit worried about it. If that doesn't work, what Jesus is saying is not to kick out somebody or push them away. It's to give that relationship some time. To give that relationship a little bit of time. So maybe there's sometimes in our relationships where time away can be helpful. To walk away when it's not getting figured out. I want to give just a quick disclaimer, though, as I'm getting ready to go into the, the, the rest of this sermon, um, that abuse is never okay. Amen? Abuse is never okay. If you're being abused, we are here for you. If you are being hurt by someone, we are here for you. As the church, let somebody know and we'll walk with you. Amen? Amen. All this is to say how we relate to one another matters. That the important part for Jesus is the community itself. Jesus doesn't give tons of things like this. As a matter of fact, I can't think of very many things that Jesus is like, okay, community, step by step, this is how you handle problem A. Jesus doesn't give us tons of things like this because he knows conflict is going to happen. He does. 
Conflict is part of community, so it must be dealt with well. But maybe there's a little bit more. Anybody like, uh, anybody likes eating the oysters on a half shell? Anybody like that? Okay, y'all are weird. I'm just playing. I'm just playing, but that's really weird. I still don't understand. I, I'm not going to talk about it because I'll get grossed out. I should probably move on from thinking about oysters. But it's part of my sermon, so I'm going to continue. Anyway, so what happens with an oyster that makes a pearl, right, is that a little piece of sand gets in, and it's like a little irritation, a little teeny irritation, just one little tiny grain of sand. And what the oyster does is it starts to put this coating around it. Over a year's time, over a month's time, it creates this beautiful pearl. And I started thinking that if conflict isn't a bad thing, and if conflict is that little irritation that just sits in sometimes in our relationships, that that conflict can actually be a great opportunity to show God's love and God's patience. Like, what if we looked at conflict like that? Now, when we read this scripture, you know, we've got to always think about what surrounds it, right? You don't just pull a little piece of scripture out and throw it against the wall and just see kind of what it says to you. You want to read it within the entirety of what's going on. And what precedes this is the parable of the lost sheep. Anybody tell me what happens in the parable of the lost sheep? Anybody got it? This is, I do, what? Leaves the 99, goes and finds it. It's such an important thing to think about bringing back to community, right? That's the tone that's been set. And then he gives them this sort of step-by-step thing to think about what it means for you. Because just going out and bringing that sheep home doesn't mean that it's going to be all good when they get home. Amen? Amen. The scripture is about family. It's about community. It's about returning back to community. But it acknowledges that there will be pain in the process. But here's the good news. Jesus is with you always. It says that in the end of Matthew, I am with you always to the end of the age. It's the reason that we've got these shirts that say with you always, to be reminded that Jesus never leaves us. And Jesus even says it again right here. As a matter of fact, in the middle of conflict, Jesus says, I show up. Have you ever been so mad that you had to say, Lord, give me strength? Yeah. Well, verse 19 is the actual Lord give me strength coming to life. It gets taken out of context a lot. It's not about just invoking the Holy Spirit to like make you have a million dollars, right? Although we should try that sometime. Actually, you know what I think would be really fun? I'm getting off topic, but that's what you do when you come back from a men's retreat. Right, men? But I was thinking about praying, God, I need you to help me figure out how to deal with a million dollars. You know? If you pray that, then just a million dollars shows up, amen? No, that's not how it works, That's not how it works. Verse 19 is about invoking the patience of the Lord. Verse 20 says, the Lord is there in conflict. For where two or three gather in my name, there I'm with them. So I wonder, are there places in your life, relationships in your life, where the vine has grown up into it? Maybe that you've walked away from trying to figure that out for a time, and maybe you let it go for a few years now. And not only has it invaded that relationship that you have, but it's making its way into other relationships around you. A relationship has even become unrecognizable. It no longer even looks like a cedar tree. And you just think maybe it's time to just cut it off and walk away. Like I stared at those trees out my back porch. I don't know, man, that's just such a mess. Just cut it down and get rid of it. What if the problem 
is not actually the person, but it's the vine? What if it's not that person at all? Maybe that relationship is a beautiful relationship. That's just waiting to have the vine taken away. What if the infection is the relationship so entangled, so entwined, that you can't tell the difference between the relationship and the vine? See, the relationship, brothers and sisters, is worth the process that you go through. It takes patience in that pulling. Sometimes it's gonna take arms like tree trunks. You may not be able to be strong enough to do it on your own, to work through that relationship. So we've got this beautiful scripture that says bring someone else in. Bring an impartial person in so that we can share life together. And you may have to take a break at some point. But Jesus is there with you, with you both, with you always. And maybe this isn't about you and another person. Maybe for some of you in here today, this is about your relationship with God. That that vine has grown up into the middle of it. So much so that the relationship isn't even recognizable anymore. And maybe today's the first step of you walking up to that vine and seeing it close up and saying, I don't know if I have the strength to even get started. What's infecting that relationship? What's the vine that needs to be pulled out, to be worked on? What do you need to get in and, and remove from the middle of that? If you weren't listening to the sermon thus far, I want you to listen to the next part. Brothers and sisters, that's the thing. You aren't strong enough to pull out the vine. You aren't strong enough to get the vine out of the trees. But Jesus is. And that's why Jesus says, I am there with you in the middle of that conflict, in the middle of that hurt, in the middle of that division, when you're staring at a vine that looks impossible and you know you can't pull it out yourself, I am there with you. So that's why we lay our burdens down. That's why we remember verse 20. Brothers and sisters, in your pain, in your conflict, in your broken relationship, Jesus is already there. Pray with me if you would. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks. As we stare at the vines around us, Lord, we remember that you are faithful, that you are strong enough. Because just like Psalm 23 says, it's not just in this great and good times that you show up, but you set a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Which means while that conflict, while that hurt's going on, Lord, you show up and set a table. You show up and feed us. You show up and slow it down to give us the strength to work through it. In the midst of our conflict and our dissension, Lord, give us patience and peace. Because we're not strong enough, but you are. We pray all of this in the name of
the Son of God, Jesus Christ. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.